Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edda Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. When I've been working outside on a hot day like today, there's nothing I like better than getting an empty jar, going down to the ditch, and just scooping up a big bunch of slop water, maybe with a little bit of frog eggs and chugging it down for refreshment. You know I'm joking, right? Because purity matters. We don't want slop water. We want Aquafina. Or Dasani. Hey, did you know that, at least my dad told me this, Dasani water actually comes from a tap in England. And I don't know, this is going old school. A lot of the kids don't know who Paul Harvey is. Paul Harvey is a radio personality. He used to be on the radio a long time ago. He would do a segment called The Rest of the Story. Well, one day he kind of went on a rant during his news update about bottled water because it's okay to drink tap water or spring water. He said bottled water. Can you believe we pay for for water? You buy Evian. What does Evian spell backwards make? Very good, Max. Evian spell backwards is naive. Enjoy our bottled water, huh? I do like smart water. It makes you smarter. Purity matters. The psalmist puts it like this. Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Peter puts it like this in 1 Peter chapter 1. And if you would, let's stand in reverence, if you're able, for the reading of God's word. First Peter, chapter 1. I'm going to start with verse 13. Therefore, 
Prepare your minds for action. That Greek word for action, that would actually paint a picture in the minds of the original reader of getting your cloak together to get ready to run after it. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Purity matters. Holiness matters. Verse 17. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from that empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have been purified. Oops, I wanted to put so much emphasis on the word purified, I messed up the sentence. So let's start over. Verse 22. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers and sisters, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Lord, thank you for the new life given to us when we were born again. And we know that we weren't born again just so we could get into the kingdom of heaven when we die. But so also that you could get the kingdom of heaven into us while we live. So help us in our walk with you. Help us be obedient. We know we're not going to do everything perfectly because Jesus, you're the only one who has. But we know with you in us and your Holy Spirit filling us, we can live holy like you've called us to. Thank you for never giving up on us. 
Thank you for always being with us. And thank you for the plans you have for us. We love you. May you bless your word as it's preached. And may we receive it. And Lord, may it just do abundantly more than we'd ever expect as we apply it to our hearts and our lives. And I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. May be seated. I don't know about you, but when I pray, I sure hope God hears and answers my prayers. I believe we all want our prayer to be effective. Most everyone knows what it's like to have prayers unanswered, huh? But is there something, anything, that makes prayer more effective? And we find an answer to that question in God's Word. If you have your Bibles, all you got to do is turn back a page, really. Because 1 Peter and James are pretty close. And you go to James chapter 5. And James, the half-brother of Jesus, writes this. James, chapter 5, verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. There's the answer. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And you know what it says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. The righteous person leads a blameless life, or a holy life, or a pure life. So you see how righteousness and purity, a cleansed heart, go hand in hand. How do we have our prayers heard and answered? By making purity, holiness, heart cleansing priority in our lives. Peter put it like this. The question, how do we purify ourselves? By obeying the truth. What did John record Jesus saying in John chapter 14, verse 6? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me.
You see, when we're saved, when we ask God to forgive us our sins, to come into our heart and our lives, the sins we've repented of, just for the record, well, maybe it's something to think about. Is there such thing as salvation without repentance? There's a dangerous gospel out there, and I might be be in trouble with some people for saying this, but so use your words carefully, Nathaniel, and Holy Spirit, help me. There's a dangerous gospel out there that just likes to hand tickets out to heaven. It often starts with, if you died tonight, do you know where you will go? Jesus didn't die on a cross just so we could go to heaven. He wants so much more for us than that. So much more. He wants us to know the fullness of life that's only in him. And it's not just, well, please don't be mad at me. A lot of people like to say, just say the sinner's prayer and you're good. Jesus, when he preached, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. He really wants you to be sorry. Not just say, I bowed my head, said the prayer, I'm good. It's not that. There's so much more. It's turning from the old way of life. It's funny, I don't know if you noticed it, but Marissa mentioned it in the speech before she played the piano. And then Peter mentioned it twice. How the old is gone, the new has come. Those empty ways that once were, we repented from and turned to him for a new life. So yes, when we repent... And ask Jesus into our heart and our lives. The soul of the true Christian is cleansed of sin. We are forgiven and purified from every sin we've ever committed. Because of Jesus and his shed blood on the cross. Our souls are pure, clean, completely free from the guilt of sin. That's the good news of Jesus. Because of him and his sacrifice on the cross... We stand before God, pure and clean, a soul that is perfect and acceptable to Him, God the Father. But there's more. Peter tells us how to keep our souls cleansed. Verse 22 of 1 Peter, chapter 1. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth. Did you hear it? Purification happens when we obey the truth. It's a dynamic relationship. So an honest word of warning. And I kind of gave it a little earlier. 
But if I'm not clear, it's called spiritual malpractice. Many people say they love God first, but then they give very little time and attention to their relationship with him. They like the gift of salvation found only in Jesus, but they refuse to submit to the heart-cleansing work that only the Holy Spirit and God's word can do in our lives. And when there's no heart cleansing, there's spiritual heart disease. Man, I love fried chicken. When I worked with Heritage Christian and our offices were in the East Rochester area, I would go to Popeye's all the time. You eat that junk... Heart disease might not kill you right away, but it'll get you eventually. When we don't have that heart cleansing of the Holy Spirit and God's word, the spiritual heart disease might not get us right away. But it'll catch up with. Spiritual heart disease and heart sickness because that heart will still be full of self or it'll still love things more than God. Money, power, you name it. That sickness is still there if it's not cleansed. And talk is cheap. God is not satisfied or fooled by lip service. He knows our hearts. Man, you got to love how God keeps it real, huh? Listen to what God says in Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. The Lord says, I told you God said it. These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Can't fool God. And we know this must be really important to Jesus because during his early ministry, he repeated the exact same verse, the exact same message from Isaiah. Jesus also said this while he was on this earth. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And then how did Peter say our hearts are purified? Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth. We tell God how much we love him, yet neglect his commands. We only fool ourselves. Peter was clear in the scripture we read, verse 17 of chapter 1. The Father judges each person's work impartially. God doesn't have favorites. He's a just God. 
He knows our hearts. God knows who loves him. And he observes in real terms how we operate in every area of our lives. Not just on Sundays. Not just with our tongues. I'm really going to get in trouble for this one. Not just on Facebook. And not just with our good intentions. It's obedience to the truth that does the cleansing. I like how Jesus puts it. John chapter 17. Jesus wanted to repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then what did he say? Follow me. And if we follow him, we're his disciples. So this prayer is for us as well as the disciples who were with him at the time. John 17, starting at verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Just a side note, it's okay that we pray for protection for our loved ones. That's what Jesus does right there. He prays that you and I and his disciples are protected from the evil one. Verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them or purify them. Or make them blameless. Oftentimes it's easy to put the pressure on ourselves. Oh, I said that again. Oh, I thought that again. I must not be a very holy person. Go easy on yourself. Listen to what Jesus prayed for you. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may truly be sanctified. The true believer obeys the truth. And when we obey the truth... The Spirit of God continually cleanses the soul from sin. We find evidence of this throughout God's Word. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. I want to read to you verses 6 through 9. 1 John chapter 1 verse 6. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live in the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, 
we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. I want to make this short and sweet, so hang on. You might want to write it down, because when I wrote it down, I thought it was really good. Three C's God's Word and the Holy Spirit uses in heart cleansing. Conviction, confession, and contrition. Conviction's okay. Oh, but we don't like to feel bad. We like comfort. Conviction is your signal that you're tuned in to the Holy Spirit. If you don't feel bad about something, you should feel bad about something is wrong. If you ignore that conviction, there's something wrong. Because that conviction should lead to repentance and confession. And I think I've told you this before. When I used to play on the playground, when I was in elementary school, I said wordy dirts. I said cuss words, playing kickball or on the monkey bars. And then at night, I would cry and say, Mom, you won't believe what I did. And the advice she gave me is straight from Scripture, and it's the same for you and me. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Eventually, I quit cussing and saying bad words. Not that I want to be on a pedestal or anything. But to make the point, conviction, confession, contrition. Words you don't hear much anymore. Actions that the church would be a lot better to put into practice. Contrition is sorrow for our sins that oftentimes involves making amends or making things right after our wrongdoing. But that's uncomfortable. Jesus didn't say, in this word, I'll bring you comfort. You put on your comfy shoes, your comfy pants, your comfy shirt. Be happy all the time. No, he said, in this world you will have trouble. (laughs) But take heart, I have overcome the world. And what do we know about Jesus' life? He suffered a lot, didn't we? If we think it's going to be any different for us, then we think we're better than Jesus, then something's wrong with our thinking. He never sinned and he still suffered. He suffered for your sin and mine. 
conviction or sorrow for our sins leads to confession, which leads to contrition. That oftentimes involves making amends or making things right after our wrongdoing. Sometimes we try to make things right. But it just doesn't work out still. That's how it goes sometimes. And it stinks. I wish we could make other people's choices for them. (laughs) We can't do that, can we? We'll leave the convicting to the Holy Spirit. And the person's choices to the person. That's what God does. He gives us free will. Our job is to be obedient to the truth. And make amends as far as we can. In conclusion, may our prayer be that of David's. And when you're feeling rotten about your spiritual life, let me remind you the place in which this prayer came from. David had a marital affair. There was a baby conceived as a result of his sin, And as a result of that conception, he plotted murder and got away with it. Or so he thought. But then the Lord used the prophet David to bring conviction in David's life. Under that conviction, David confessed. Psalm 51 is David's prayer of confession and contrition. And it's in that prayer he prays this. It may be the prayer of our hearts as we obey the truth. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I couldn't help but think of the hymn that we're going to sing after I pray. The first line of this hymn says, When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word. What a glory he sheds on our way. You may have guessed the hymn already. Trust and obey. Before we sing that hymn, would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth. For preaching, for saying repent, 
for the kingdom of heaven is near. Lord, thank you for dying on a cross for our sin, so that whosoever believes in you shall not perish but have eternal life, shall be welcomed into this kingdom of yours. And Lord, as we walk in relationship with you, may we put to death that old stuff, that old way of life, and live the new life you have for us. A life based on truth. You, Jesus. A life of obedience that cleanses us. Of sin. Thank you for how your word shows us who you are, who you've called us to be, how to live in relationship with you and one another. Thank you for how your word and your Holy Spirit reveals to us what we need to work on in our lives to be more like you, Jesus. May we live this life fully trusting you. And fully obey in you. Help us, Lord. We need you. We love you. And we praise you. In your name, Jesus. You may stand. It's him 637. No, 437. I do have a benediction. So just remain standing. We're going to sing verses 1, 2, 4, 5. Oh
forget mom now the best way to receive a gift is like this go and pursue righteousness faith love and peace along with those who call out to the Lord with a pure heart Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless. <laughs>